Hello listeners, and welcome back to Pondering Puton with Ajishi Otaro and Hachimitsu Boy. I'm Connor, and this is my puppet master, Neve, and we're reading the Cromartie High School manga. Uh, that's what we do here. Yeah. And uh, today we'll be learning who really controls the Japanese government in Chapter 14, The Empire Straits, but, uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, off to a good start today. Um, yeah. I... Uh, so I'm just going to apologize if I'm a little bit like low energy. I'm just a little out of it because. All right. I so was... <laughs> the thing about dad rock is that like, so rock music in the 21st century is not, does not have the sort of like cultural economic dominance that it had in the 20th century. Um, it, and, um, Replacing a lot of that, like, uh, cultural staying power and popularity has been rap music. And so the thing that bothers me about dad rock as a meme is that I feel that it, like, kind of, it's sort of expressing, there's a lot of whiteness and a lot of, like, rock music is the good music and we're liking it ironically but we do like this that gets smuggled into dad rock and a little bit of like pearl clutching about like what used to be um that i just i just find the whole i find the whole thing just like weird and unpleasant and sometimes sometimes it's fine because we're all making fun of dad rock but sometimes like who is in on the joke gets a little murky. And like, like I say, there's just so much like implicit whiteness in the phrase dad rock that mo whether it's serious listicles, whether it's quizzes or whether it's just Twitter shit posts, th that, that whiteness just goes unexamined so often that like, I just find it a troubling, like construct, like to really engage with, because I don't think that people are engaging with it on like the most basic level and they're just trying to have their fun time memes. Uh, and I, I, ha I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is so much like this older, whiter music, which by the way, as we all know from back to the future, like white people have always been trying to reclaim rock as the thing that they invented when they did not. <laughs> uh -huh. Um, like, there's this, there's this, like, we have to reassert, like, the goodness, the, the time's gone by, the just chill dad vibes, bro. Yeah, dad rock. We're just listening to, like, R.E.M. and vibing. And, like, just, like... I don't think R.E.M. is dad rock. R.E.M. is not dad rock. That's but continue. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we are we are listening to REM and vibing. So continue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're listening to automatic for the people, and we're really vibing. Yeah. I guess I think of REM as dad rock because it's like what my dad listened to. My dad mm -hmm. is. My dad, like, fits into and doesn't fit into because there's also dad movies as a thing that people meme about. And that is, like, less defined, I think, than Dad Rock is, which is Dad Rock already very loosely defined, very loosely. Mm -hmm. But, like, my dad, as a guy born 
in the late 60s is sort of like one foot in Gen X and one foot in um, baby boomer sort of stuff to where for me, dad rock is a weird like or, or dad movies are like a weird cross generational thing where my dad is like really into clerks and my dad is also really into like the Beatles, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, that's just because generations are, are fake as a concept. <laughs> But, you um, know, while you were ranting about Dad Rock, uh-huh. I, I, w- I was thinking about how I think people heard our previous episodes and may have gotten confused that we're not actually in support of Dad Rock. Oh, we, yeah. We are actually uh, organizing forces to try to overthrow the Dad Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I was listening to the Dad Rock episode and getting mad, not at you two, but just at the like the very like concept Dad of Rock Dad itself. Rock and like, yeah. Was it, it was Pitchfork you were reading, right? That was was it Pitchfork? No, it was listen? like Spin or something. Okay, yeah, it was a different. One. But I mean, whatever. It's like it's just a like shitload of Pitchfork imitators. It's I mean, so yeah, Pitch, Pitchfork has all has been in like a spiral twenty years of like getting more and more implicitly white that it is like trying to like pull up from the nosedive out of right now. But I don't think it's ever. Yeah. Gonna, I don't think it's going to stick. Um, I mean, they, I also, they're owned by Condé Nast. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can ever take the <laughs> whiteness out of like the indie music scene that Pitchfork has been the like masthead for for decades now. At this point, yeah, I mean, it's like got to be even worse now. Now it's just like fake, like corporatized, like pretend we're not white, right? But I you mean, obviously like, still are. This this is the thing too. Is that like I think a lot of like quote-unquote indie rock musicians. I don't know why I'm saying quote-unquote. I think a lot of indie rock musicians also smuggle in... What's the in... construct of indie rock? <laughs> let's let's pause here for a second. Yeah. I mean, Someone indie, pull up a listicle. Indie has not meant anything since, like, the Inverted 90s. Inverted commas, indie rock. Yes. Indie rock, uh, indie rock musicians that are coincidentally signed to Warner Bros. or Universal. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, they have also been, like the fuck was that <laughs> sorry oh, yeah. lem really just knocked something over i don't know anyway lem is a lem is a big indie rock fan so you gotta <laughs> just watch your words carefully there yeah i spend a lot of time listening to um the new york times pop music podcast called popcast that um, sounds white yeah so i really really like it have for years it is unbearably white as you sit around listening to like the the main guy who runs it is like a 50 year old white guy who like loves rap music and keeps up with like what's going on right now in the rap music scene and i think he does like an interesting job of like navigating those things but then he'll bring in like other people who work for the new york times that just say the most stupid motherfucking things <laughs> and 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 so much of the last two years of that show which i've listened to for like five or six years has been about oh rock music went away rock music is coming back what does that mean and it's like rock music is always coming back from artists like snail mail who i really like um mitski who i really or not mitski mitski is not white um, and also not bringing back rock music. <laughs> yeah. She explicitly pivoted away from rock music. I meant to say um, Lucy Dacus, um, Waxahachie, who I really like. Um, like, 
all these like a, a bunch, and there's a bunch of different ones. I'm think I'm not thinking of the ones who I don't care for. I just thought of the ones that I do like. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are a lot of those artists who are bringing rock back or innovating in rock in a way that like no one since the Strokes, quote unquote, has innovated in rock music. And it's like, I, I, I just need people to like think about what they're saying for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. It just drives me nuts. Um, yeah, I feel I like I had much stronger feelings about this two weeks ago than I do now. But you know, I just I just want to be clear that uh, the evil dad rock that, uh, by the way, is the mastermind of the Japanese government. You're right. Yes. Uh, exactly. So is my dad, but I'm organizing against it. Yeah. <laughs> Mine too. I just want to make sure that that's clear. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, you've always it is, been. It's, a, it's an Akira. Yeah. It's an Akira esque, just like flesh pile conglomerate of all and, of our fathers. And that's why I think we all need to organize as allies for justice against Dad Rock. Yeah. Um. And so I think we need to like swear an oath today to, yes. to defeat Absolutely. Dad Rock. I'm ready yeah. to be an ally. <laughs> I um, I am an ally. Like I'm ready. <laughs> Thank you, Connor, for being an ally. <laughs> I'm so ready. Um, I finally right, know so... what to do with my social media now. <laughs> um. All right, Nia, you're pulling something up on the screen. I'm just gonna read read through this 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 question here. Pick a color to impulse dye your hair. I'm gonna choose lavender. I've thought about getting like a purplish color for a couple years. Never pulled the trigger on it. So. Um, choose a song to sob sing in your car. It's not ironic. I don't know the words. Not Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I think that song's a little overplayed, though I like it. I want to get better is a good song, but no. I don't know Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, uh, oh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Total Eclipse of the Heart is one of the all-time best songs. That's a good one. Uh, what level of dad energy on you, are you on? Um, I do like to sit in a recliner with a beer in hand and fall asleep watching American Pickers, but let me read through the rest of these options here. Yeah. Um, I do like to grumble about weather and anyone who touches my thermostat, namely my wife, so that is pretty dad of me. (laughs) 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 I feel like that's just option a sudden desire to build a deck. I don't get a sudden desire to build a deck, but I do have the fatherly desire to, like, I recently bought a new video game console and I had the like urge to like get it into like the desktop mode where I could mm. like hack it and change like the backdoor settings. So I do understand the sudden desire to build a deck. Even if I'm not the one building a deck, I do yeah. take on sudden projects. I yeah, think yeah. It's this... more like it's more like you're kind of like just in, in your recliner with a beer and you're like, well, it's time to stain the video game console. Yes, I think I'm gonna. It's been I'm gonna... about ten years. Sure, I think it's worn <laughs> off. I think I'm gonna go with. I like to sit in a recliner with a beer in hand and fall asleep watching American Pickers. Okay. Um, how about a question that would piss a lot of off a lot of pretentious rock people, so I can weed them out? Pick your favorite female pop pop artist. Nia, you have helpfully clicked for me. Um, Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's correct. Out of this list, it's definitely Taylor. Um, yeah. I feel like I, I feel like that question in of itself is like 
very uh, emblematic of like the interpretation of the dad rock construct that that you're offering, Autumn. Yeah, um, this like this like assumed like rejection of that's like, the, that's the other commercial thing, is that, like, like artist female artist. There's yeah. there's so many people who like embrace dad rock as a term, and like I I like Michael McDonald. Like I think the Doobie Brothers are a great band. I'm not like I'm not out here judging the bands that are associated with dad rock. What I am out here judging is ooh I'm gonna like half ironically half seriously embrace dad rock as like my genre of music that I like, and like. That's at the exclusion of like countless women who who were ign- are ignored now and were ignored back in the like sixties, seventies, eighties, the heyday of what is now dad rock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, countless black musicians, countless you know, all all sorts of like non rock music. Anyway, pick yeah, a gotta, classic you movie. You gotta bring the Pretenders and Thin Lizzy in there. In the dad rock. Yeah, bucket. totally. Somewhat related to what you're saying, and this is also a term that I think is like. Uh, loaded and I also don't like I don't unironically like embrace or anything uh-huh. but that I think is more honest about what it's talking about that I think is is closely related to dad rock but is it a distinct thing which is yacht rock yeah yacht rock because yacht rock is fully like copping to you know this is like white people on a yacht yeah you can <laughs> like Thundercat a, a, a great like modern um, jazz and R and B artist does a lot of work with on a lot of um, a lot of stuff that people have probably heard uh, most famously uh, to pimp a butterfly, but does a lot of work on a lot of things that like you, the listener, may be familiar with, even if you don't know Thundercat. Um, Thundercat like loves yacht rock, fully embraces Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald on his album Drunk, which I think is like a modern classic. Um, I, I I think that like Thundercat is a guy who says I don't know, but I think Thundercat is engaging with yacht rock as a concept because I think we all kind of know that yacht rock like sucks and we're all fine with the fact that it sucks. We all acknowledge that it sucks. Anyway, pick a cult classic movie. I am gonna go with Eraserhead. Um, Evil Dead is a strong choice, but it says Evil Dead slash Army of Darkness. I don't like Army of Darkness. I okay. feel like Eraserhead is a better descriptor of what I'm into. Yeah. The thing also a strong choice here. I just don't like I don't like Army of Darkness. Evil Dead was specifically why I clicked it because I thought Evil Dead would be the Evil one. Dead one and two Stone Cold classics. Great movie. Hate Army of Darkness. Great movies. Um, I'm a water sign. Um, pick your ideal way to consume potatoes. This is a I love, one. I love a home fry. I don't have my preferred way of consuming potatoes here, so I'm gonna go with mashed potatoes. Okay. What's your? I guess home way? fries are the. Cl- I guess I do make home fries a lot, but let's do mashed potatoes. I love a good mashed potato. Um, pick a musical. It- I don't know fuck about any musical, but I do <laughs> like Grease. I've never seen Jesus Christ Superstar. Isn't that the one that Molly really likes? Molly loves Jesus Christ. I just Superstar. figured you would have watched it with her at some point. You would have thought Jesus Christ Superstar is good. I'm not a Ugh, I'm too strong for musicals Ugh, person like this yeah. quiz suggests. I just don't know fuck about musicals, uh, but I do Autumn, really is like your, Grease. Is your favorite um, form of potato a jacket potato? What's a jacket potato? Oh, you're you're not. Sorry, I can't explain it. Okay. If you don't... <laughs> 
If you don't know it already, I can't. I'm sorry. Nia is Googling jacket potato. I just thought you oh, might. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, I love a jacket potato. I've never called it this, but yes. Okay, so um, you, you're, you're in then. You know what I'm yes, talking about. Yes, I'm in. I love, okay. I do, I do love that. I've just never called it that. Okay. Um, all right. Now that There's you know huge... about jacket potatoes, mm-hmm. uh, meet me in front of the uh, federal building in Oklahoma City. Um, in <laughs> in six months. <laughs> All on right. The, yeah, on this date. On well, the, in the meantime, on the eleventh, six months from now, and you know what to bring. Bring uh, bring not, the bring the potatoes. Nothing said on this podcast can be used in a court of law. You're gonna feel really bad if something happens in Oklahoma six months from now. You're bring, gonna feel fucking dreadful. Bring the potatoes, and I'll I'll bring the bacon bits. <laughs> There's a huge storm coming. I don't even need to read all these options. I'm taking a nap. Mm. Yeah, I love to nap while the while the storm's going. Yeah. Um, I do also love. <laughs> that sounds like some, my family some goes to the airport energy. now for a flight we have in two weeks, just in case. But but I feel like that's independent of the storm coming. Yes, I will always feel that way. <laughs> Um, I've literally never seen this shit. I, I, so I got the Court of the Crimson King by King Crimson. No, you I got the did. one that Connor wanted. God damn it! I've seen this album art a million times. I've never listened to this shit. <laughs> um, it's um, it's really good, but it's okay if you haven't listened to it. Connor, do you want to know what the description underneath is? Since you never got it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's I'm scared of you, and that's a compliment. Good job. Oh, well. It's I'm really not I'm like gonna, I'm gonna kick you out because you are too you're causing too much trouble, bud. Lem is like, all right, well, don't start talking about indie rock again. Um, um, just the amount of King, chaos this cat is causing. King Crimson is not scary. Um, that's all I'll say about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. It's 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 worth your time. Most King Crim- uh, King Crimson albums are, but. It's cool if, if not. There's a lot of music out there. Um, what are you? I was Googling albums that uh, Pitchfork has given a 10 just for my own. Um, Edification. They gave Ye a 10? Are we circling back to They to gave Pitchfork Folklore now? a 10? Listen, wait, I think Folklore wait. is a 10. Oh, this is top 10 most read reviews. Okay. Top 10 most reviewed artists... Artists with the lowest average score: Weezer, Foo Fighters, Coldplay, Eminem. Eminem. Oh wow! Dad rock. Shocking. Shocking. Eminem is dad rock. Um, Madonna, Nine Inch Nails, Interpol, Little Wayne. Leave Little Wayne alone. <laughs> Little Wayne is gonna put out an album with forty songs on it, and three of them will be the best shit you ever heard. And you don't have to listen to the other thirty-seven a second time. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, but it doesn't make Pitchfork seem cool. If yeah, they, that's like, true. Little Wayne, that's the problem. I just Little Wayne catches a lot of shit, and I just don't understand why. Really, you know? Right. Yeah, for uh, some reason, the algorithm told them that being contrarian about Little Wayne was not uh, wouldn't help their financials. Oh right, they gave Fetch the Bolt Cutters a ten. That is not a ten. No, that's yeah. Uh, these are the, the, I don't know if this is comprehensive. 
This is albums rated 10 on release. So one of the coward things that Pitchfork does is they'll periodically go and re-review albums and raise the score. Now, some of that's bullshit sometimes. Or lower the score. Or lower the score. Because, like, one time they re-reviewed Discovery to give it, like, a 9.9, which is hilarious. <laughs> um... Just yeah. say that P- Discovery is a 10. Come on. Yeah, 9.9. Yeah, the, I think this is in chronological order. Uh, 12 Rods Gay? I don't know that. I don't know this album. Uh, I don't know what gay people are. Walt Mink, El Producto? Sure. Um, Amon Tobin? Is that? No. I don't, what I don't album know how is to it? say that name. What album uh, is it from Amon Tobin? Bricolage. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I prefer uh, permutation, but bricolage uh, is like you've heard it. It's used in commercials a lot. Some tracks from it. Okay. Uh, Radiohead, OK Computer. Is this a safe space to say I don't like Radiohead? Yeah, it's safe. To say I've never liked Radiohead. I had a period where I liked Radiohead in high school. We can forgive They're you. Fine. We can forgive you that. They're no, fine. I just don't you give a fuck. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I just don't care. Um, yeah, the thing about Pitchfork for me, um, please, I think uh, like, I like, I'm gonna say this knowing that this is like, uh, a contra, like, probably a contrarian view. Although, I, I also, I don't, I'm not in the internet enough to know what, um, the like sentiment is about Pitchfork over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually prefer old pitchfork when they were like obviously ideological um yeah because like okay some of the writing there like i don't agree with your rating that's fine i will talk shit about the original pitchfork review of algaitis birian all the time Mm -hmm. yeah i mean is like is bad music journalism in my mm -hmm. opinion yeah well there's no question that like some of the stuff is just like ethically problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But like, nonetheless, I prefer when like for music journalism, like have a perspective, like have a perspective that you're like, like you're honest about being somewhat subjective, like the faux objectivity really just like this upsets is, me. This um, is the thing that I like about that New York times podcast is that like, I can always there all the people who come on it are always very upfront about like this is my perspective and I'm couching my perspective in a context of here's what I like and dislike and like the 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 guy who hosts the show is always trying to like you know talk about this hot new artist by like couching them in like historical context that I think um I find really um, compelling. I think that's like a better way of doing like music criticism than the pitchfork. Like, well, this is just the take that you're supposed to have about this album. You know, we're just trying to like exert like cultural power by like setting trends and like garner prestige by like adjudicating on what's like good and bad and having us like set the canon. But really we're just like a Condé Nast like shill for like this giant corporation. 
Pitchfork now has the tone of, well, the, the, the review is just written. We're just, we're chiseling away the marble that is music criticism, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's um, It's received from on high. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I that's bullshit. A, like, there's, they absolutely, like, when someone wants to rate something, like, a certain rating, like, that's cleared by, like, some higher-ups or whatever. There's I think, absolutely I think no the, I think the process actually is that I, I've heard Pitchfork writers talk about this. I think I write a review of the new album, right? And you two are my editors. You read my review and assign a score based on my review. So, like, and you, Nia, maybe haven't even listened to the album I'm reviewing. You just read what I wrote and you say, that sounds like a 7.6 to me. That's apparently how they do that, is that the editors right make the scores, which is bananas to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, nonetheless, like, I just, I think of it from an institutional standpoint. Yeah, I, like, I think, yeah. I think that process produces the thing that you're complaining about exactly, Connor. Like, I think that's what that process does, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and for me, like, okay, like, you, like, let, let's just say, like, early pitchfork although i don't think they're necessarily entirely this um but -hmm. like okay you pitchfork like you have a vision for like what your like publication thinks like rock music should be or what rock Uh like what is good about rock music and what is valuable and like the jet album comes out and like you don't like the jet album so you have the monkey like pissing in its mouth and you rate it zero like Uh that's fine like to me, that is, I'm like okay with that because you're just like being obviously ideological about like you're making an argument about yeah. what you think this music like should do and should be, as opposed well, to there's... just like this completely like vacuous, <laughs> uh, like you know neoliberal like uh, corporate shit. Well, and there's like. Back then, there is a, like, this is the sort of music that gets covered in Pitchfork, and this is what's not. Now, like, Pitchfork just sort of ostensibly ostensibly presents itself as we're covering all music, and that's not true. There's too much music that's coming out to do that, and conspicuously, the artists and genres um, that don't get covered skew, like less white mm-hmm. like and, and and queerer you know that's yeah. just that's just a coincidence we've recorded the least funny episode of Putan ever but i'm having a great time <laughs> i think it's i think it's hilarious <laughs> yeah um do you want me to finish the list of, of ones rated 10 on release the next one's really fucking <laughs> funny yeah shall i finish it yeah please okay uh, Bob Dylan, The Bootleg Series, Volume 4, Bob Dylan Live, 1966, The Royal Albert Hall Concert. I listen to a lot of Bob Dylan. I have a hard time believing that the fourth in the Bootleg Series <laughs> yeah, warranted also, a 10. <laughs> who gives a fuck about Bob Dylan bootlegs? I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, okay, okay so if, this if is you a weird love thing. Bob Dylan, it's okay. Like, he's, he's important, but... He's done 20 of these now. 
they're all and they're all like four CD box sets, and he's been doing them since the '90s. I guess they must make a lot of money because he keeps making them. I don't understand it. I, I, will I, say, I listen to a lot of Bob Dylan, and I've never touched that stuff because there's enough Bob Dylan even without extra Bob Dylan. Yeah, I'll qualify <laughs> yeah. my statement by saying, back in undergrad, um, in one of my literature courses, my professor um, had a colleague who was like a Dylanologist, um, which is what they call themselves when they're I know and they, like, it's really them. funny. <laughs> um, All and those people he, deserve swirlies. He came to visit our class. And uh, he gave a talk on Bob Dylan and I went up to him after it and I was really into Bob. I mean, I like Bob Dylan too, but especially at the time. And I started expressing interest and he was just like all about it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I have th- these bootlegs. Um, and they were like special, you know, academically sourced type bootlegs. Right. Um, so he actually like printed these out with like track lists and write ups or not, uh, he burned them track list write ups. And sent me like twenty CDs, um, which I still have, and I've listened to, uh, like a good a good amount. Mm. Um, and who gives a fuck about Bob Dylan bootlegs? Like, <laughs> come on! Oh, Connor. By the way, I I have I have Joao's answer to um your question on last episode. I'm gonna send okay. it in the chat. Okay. So this is Joe's answer. Okay. Now I didn't hear Drew, the last the did, last episode, so I just get this without context. Then it's very good. Yeah. Drew, did uh, did you paint your wallpaper, or is that someone else's um, painting back there? So just answer in next time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, I. So some more from this list. Uh, Bonnie Price, Billy. I see a darkness. The flaming lips. The soft bulletin. Fuck off. Radiohead Kid A, so Fuck another off. Radiohead. Uh, all of these we've had one every year until 2000. We skip a year to... Thank you for joining us today. Next time we will be reading Chapter 15 from Volume 1. You can find the full schedule at exportaudio slash Puton schedule. If you have questions for us, send them to uh, ghostdiarespod at gmail.com. You can get early access to episodes of the podcast and many others by coming a $1 patron of the, ex- of the network at exportaudio less than a week before the public feeds. Or for $5, you get exclusive access to Pop Down Funk, a weekly podcast where Autumn, that's you, and Nora roll a fr- random Funko Pop and have to watch something from that media franchise. Uh, if you like this podcast, please tell a friend. You can find the free feed at exportaudio slash Puton or by searching Pondering Puton on their podcast app of choice. If you like listening to us talk, we do a lot more of that over at Ghost Divers, uh, which you can find at exportaudio slash Ghost Divers or by searching Ghost Divers on your podcast app of choice. Also, listen to Ornate Stairwells and uh, Around the Long Fire. Um, you can find the show at Ponder Puton on Twitter or just at Puton on co host. You can find me at Fox Money on Twitter and co host. Where can people find you, Connor? Uh, you can uh, find me at Rabelais, R E B B L E A I S, on Twitter and co host. In autumn. You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host at autumnal. You can go to exportaud.io to get early access to all the podcasts. $1 free feeds on that public page. Um, $5 a month, Pop Town Funk, and uh, you already said that, and also coffee and comic books coming soon. And our opening theme is Ningen Nante by Yoshida Takaro, and taking us out today is The Imperial March by John Williams. Class dismissed. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.